Buddy Crabtree just pointed out, it's Cinco de Mayo and Taco Tuesday. Guys, it's happened. The two worlds have collided. It's here. Taco Tuesday. I'm sure Taco Bell is doing something for this occasion. I don't know what, but Abigail could... Nothing? They're not doing anything. Abigail is my Taco Bell informant, and she is she's letting me know that they're doing nothing to celebrate. <laughs> that did not stop her from eating there, though. <laughs> Well, y'all, happy Tuesday. We're so excited to see you and have you here with us. Make sure that as you are hopping on that you comment, say hello to us, tell us who you are, where you're watching from, and as you're hopping on, share the broadcast. Somebody that you know needs to hear what's about to be shared today, and we're just so excited to be here with you, and I'm going to say hi to some people. Um, Buddy wanted the world to know that he's eating taquitos and that life is good. So that's where he currently is with his state of life. <laughs> Kevin Nowicki says, good afternoon. What's right, family? He was the first commenter, at least on my stream today. Kevin, you were on it. Uh, Natalie says, good afternoon. And Jan says, hey there. Johnny says, hello. Julie says, hello. Priscilla says, taco, taco, taco heart. Holly says, hola. <laughs> Chris says, great, now I want a taco. Welcome to every day with Abigail Wright. <laughs> I also saw Evangelist Stephen P. Hurlbert just hopped on the broadcast. Welcome, great Evangelist Stephen. And my husband is here. Hello, husband George W. Nauer. It is so good to see you, seeing me, seeing you. <laughs> We're just so excited to have you here with us. It's going to be a great day. But I have I have a confession to make. So we're going to we're going to show some memes. But I have something to tell you after the memes. So hang around. Meme numero uno. Memes/statuses. However Marky wants to designate them. Things that are supposed to make you laugh. Maybe? No. Yay! <laughs> This one is from George, because my memes these days are coming either from George or Pastor Nicole. 
Because of the cancellation of all sports events, ESPN will be covering live toilet, toilet paper wrestling in the aisles at Walmart. That is a George meme. And I, honestly, I'm surprised we haven't seen more like live stream action. <laughs> Summer 2020 gonna be lit <laughs> in a hazmat suit walking in the pool. <laughs> oh, goodness. This one comes to us from Pastor Nicole. Had I known in March that it was the last time I would be in a restaurant, I would have ordered the dessert. <laughs> and our last one of the day. <laughs> this one comes from Deborah Ann. This one made me laugh a lot. <laughs> Somewhere in Florida, a weeping Billy Joel collapses into the floor, surrounded by crumpled up drafts of an updated to of an update to We Didn't Start the Fire. The 2020 verse is already 17 minutes long, and there is no way to rhyme murder hornets with Richard Nixon. All is lost. <laughs> it made me laugh because I just immediately went to the office with Ryan started the fire. <laughs> so, okay, here, here's my confession, guys. We've been going for a month and a half strong with our daily times and the internet is more flooded with memes than ever. We've been showing more memes. Guys, I, I don't know if it's too early to say, but I feel like I've seen every meme that the internet has to offer and they're not funny anymore. Like, <laughs> I don't think they're funny anymore. <laughs> I haven't seen one that's genuinely made me laugh in quite some time. So if you think that you have legitimately funny, I'm not just talking about like you see a meme that has to do with coronavirus and you just, just no, I mean, it's funny. Like it's got to be funny. If you have a funny meme, and I know that's a subjective word. Like I understand people have different senses of humor, but you know the quality memes from the meh, you needed to get some content out there. If you have a funny meme, I want to see it, but I really think I'm hitting the end of the internet because they're they're not funny anymore. They're just. Thank you for mentioning that. They're just there. I'm, you're so welcome, sir. Because <laughs> they're not like they're getting really lame, <laughs> and so finding memes for the broadcast has become a challenge. <laughs> not a challenge, an opportunity for the an Lord to show His hand in His meme guidance. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Marky says, amen, in capital letters. And Buddy wants to know if there can be a meme-making contest. Buddy, if you would like to spearhead that as your, like, first official boomerang responsibility, you are welcome to spearhead that contest right now. <laughs> if you would like to enter, please see Buddy Crabtree. He'll be here very soon. <laughs> it's good to have you. Make sure that as you are hopping on that you are saying hello so that we know who you are, where you're watching from, and share the broadcast because somebody you know needs to hear what is about to be shared. And if you have funny memes, funny memes, funny memes. you can send them to me and I will, I'll make sure they get on the broadcast. They're not on the broadcast. There may be a reason. <laughs> Just letting you know. <laughs> I think my favorite point so far is Chris says, great, now I want taco. <laughs> Which is funny because just yesterday I was thinking, you know what I miss? Mexican. Mexican food. Yes. I want some 
fried beans and rice and some tacos and a taco salad. And Thank serious you. queso, like legitimate good queso. Man, buddy put you on the spot. Wow. Winner gets $1,000 courtesy of Barrett and George. Wow, That's thank you for nice sewing that into myself and George, That's buddy. That's awfully nice of you. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so great. <laughs> I receive it, Crabtrees. Thank you so much. <laughs> Mark, Mark, he says, Jose Romero, come make me Mexican. I can tell she said it with that voice. She wouldn't. <laughs> That's all. That's rude, Marky. Jeez. And it was very assertive. It was Every assertive. Every so often, Marky's assertion comes through, and this was. It's one of always those times. awesome when that happens. It's typically food related. Have you yeah. noticed that? It's often food related. That's a great point. Cheese dip now, <laughs> Kevin Nowicki. That's awesome. <laughs> Cheese dip now. My favorite doctrinal item when you go to the Mexican restaurant. Free is, chip. Are you? Uh, Pre-chip, mid-chip, or post-chip prayer. That, that's a very important topic to decide before you go. When, when you go with church, are you a pre-chip, mid-chip, or post-chip prayer? It's because everybody important. has different opinions of that. We're often a post-chip church, like for a that's big true. communal prayer. Every so often you'll throw people off and you'll ask to pray as their midship. Me, throw people off. <laughs> Come on, Barrett. I wouldn't do that. Especially if it's Deb. <laughs> Pastor put his head down laughing. Because <laughs> I know it's true. <laughs> she knows it's true, too. Is she on here? No. I haven't seen her no. yet. I said that really weird. No. No. Now. <laughs> I saw Kevin's now, and it went to... George says, um, are you umming because you don't want Mexican and you're uncomfortable with this conversation? <laughs> or are you a pre-chip prayer? Kevin says, bless the queso and salsa. I'm with you, man. I, I could go for some queso and salsa. That'd be awesome. I just want to be inside places. Like, I want to be inside <laughs> stores <laughs> that aren't grocery stores. You remember stores. when we used to go places? <laughs> it I, I've, I've hit that point where George and I were driving home the other night, um, and I realized that there was no place that we could go. Like, if we wanted to go, there's no place we could go. And that was the first time that I've had a moment of, huh, well, now I can kind of feel like a, a rat being watched by people. Like <laughs> <laughs> rat being watched. Oh, man. So we got some news, then we're going to jump in. And, uh, yeah, on Thursday... On Thursday, okay, Thursday, did I mention Thursday? Thursday, it's the one with the T-H? T-H-U. Whoa, Thur. Thursday. Thu. Thursday. <laughs> this Thursday. Thursday is the National Day of Prayer, and so on the National Day of Prayer, we are actually, what, Somebody put something. Oh. Kevin says he's traveling to Georgia tomorrow just so he could go to a Mexican restaurant. Man. Because <laughs> they're opening. That sounds great. I want Mexican food. Can we do a live I broadcast with you. tomorrow I'm from with Georgia? you, Kevin. Pin that comment. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Make that really important. So on Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. And we will, at noon, stream... At noon, we will stream the National Day of Prayer prayer that we're having here. Uh, but then, 
uh, we will come on live after that's over. Probably about 12.30, it's, we'll have to make some transitions, so uh, it may be just a couple of minutes after 12.30, but we will come on live Thursday at 12.30, but we will be streaming, and I've watched uh, the, the video that we will be streaming live, and it's powerful. It's a, it was good. Uh, the Lord really moved in it. So you will like it on Thursday. Uh, join us for the National Day of Prayer at noon, and then uh, we'll be on here live at 1230. What day? Thursday. At, at 12, uh, 12? 12 will 12. be the National Day of Prayer, <laughs> but at 1230, we will go live. So basically, I should just make plans to be online for a while on Thursday? Sure. Awesome. We'll jump right in. <laughs> Man, I can tell my son, I'm looking at this uh, monitor, I can tell the son from Sunday. So on Sunday, what's today, Tuesday? On Sunday, uh, we had the drive-in church, and it was the first Sunday that it was really bright, and it was warm, and I got sun, and I can feel it, and uh, I have a specific uh, aftershave, after. I shave, and, and after pre-shave, <laughs> <laughs> so I took that aftershave this morning, I put it on my face, and as soon as I did, I felt like Kevin from Home Alone, <laughs> I was like, whoo, I'm not sure that was the right thing, because it's a lotion, and so I just put it here where I shaved, but then I was like, well, let's just put it all over my face, and uh, it woke me up, I was, if I was asleep, it woke me up, but, uh, it was good. I also have an important announcement along the same lines. George has decided that his protest of wearing sunblock is over because he got burned. <laughs> <Yeah>. On <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> and he so protested. he'll be wearing it again. <laughs> I he think has smelled especially like lavender over the last few days. <laughs> the key for George is he needs to not just go out on Sundays. You need a little bit of sun each day, George. That might be helpful. I'm just throwing that out there. So. George is also the guy that when we go to the beach, like he's full on electric yellow long sleeve shirts and his face is completely white with electric a sunscreen yellow. with a fisherman cap on. Like he's, he's, he's that person at the beach. So not wearing sunscreen was probably not the wisest of things, but he's learned. <laughs> and he's going to wear sunscreen this weekend. That's going to be great. <laughs> and maybe the Lord will bless him for using wisdom, and he'll have a tan. Yes, that would be awesome. <laughs> I would love to see George with the tan. Me so. too. <gasps> Somebody, I, huh? I just imagine him like on the episode of Friends where Ross goes in and gets a spray tan. <laughs> just imagine George, <laughs> just fully super dark. <laughs> But not on the back, just the front of his face. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's so funny. George, please go get a spray tan. Please. Can we do that? Can that be an outing that we do when the lockdown is over? An outing? He's, he's probably not going to let me make outing decisions for a while after watching this because he's on right now. <laughs> is he? he? He is. He said hello to me earlier. He also said, um, so he's here somewhere. Prilla Some says, hi, Rhonda. Somebody blessed us. Um, somebody blessed us with uh, fixing our driveway because it That's was, cool. you know, it had holes and it. it's a rock driveway and it's long. And uh, they blessed, so they're they're fixing it right now. So there's Aww. the scraper. Nicole posted pictures of it. Uh, it was really a blessing. I, I mean, we weren't 
I was going to get it fixed at some point and had plans to get it fixed, but then all of a sudden, basically, somebody shows up to take a look at it, and somebody was blessing. So they're scraping the driveway and knocking the holes out of it, and then they're going to bring new, uh, new rock in. But Luke, my grandfather, was he did uh, a lot of work with wood. And matter of fact, the first podium that I had for the church was the last thing that my grandfather ever built that we have. Yeah, the podium that's here. And um, so that was the last thing before he went to heaven. And uh, yeah, Kevin saw it. So one of the things he made, my grandfather made, was a a grater out of wood, like, uh, and it looks really neat. So as soon as this grater comes up, my son runs up to his room and he grabs his grater and he's got it out there and he's playing. He remember for those of you who have known us long enough, he loved trucks, tractors, all that. He had them all memorized. We'd say, "What's that?" And he'd tell us. But uh, Nicole uh, picked on. Uh, picked. I just read where she picked on. She uh, she told me and took those pictures of him going and getting that grater, and he's out there. You should see his house shoes. His house shoes are like <laughs> dirty as all get out because he's walking out in the mud. He had to get around that equipment, so it was really funny. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. What did Nicole say? She's saying George should not go get a spray tan. I think it would be a great experiment. I'm, I'm for this. Hey, Pamela Kelly, good to see you. <laughs> George says, no spray tan, love you, mean it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you, and uh, let's jump in today. We're talking about the person who would be king, uh, the leader, the uh, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, minister, Sunday school teacher, uh, shift supervisor. We're talking about anybody who would be a leader, which is anybody designed for anybody in the body of Christ, because the body of Christ, we're called to make disciples, and we need to make disciples, and in order to make disciples, we have to lead people. So everybody in the body is called to be a leader, and we need to uh, make sure that we are growing. In other words, how can you lead people if we haven't taken what God has given us, the measure of faith, taken the word? Uh, he's made us to be his children, the salt and the light. If we don't take those things and utilize them, basically we're taking those talents and we're burying them. Our job is to simply take what God's given us, even if it looks small, and to give it to God and let him bless it supernaturally. Uh, we were talking yesterday uh, with how the little boy took his little lunch, but to God it wasn't a little lunch. It was the fullness of his heart. So the fullness of the little boy's heart made his lunch big with God. But the disciples only saw a little lunch and said, what is this amongst so many? All you have to do is turn your heart to God, and God can take it and multiply it by his supernatural self, and, and he'll do great and mighty things. So praise God. Well, look at that. It says we've already had 100 messages today. That makes me so happy. How did we do that? Yeah, that's what it says. It says you've already had 100 messages today. I don't think that that's true, but I'll take it. Glory to God. I like it when everybody has a bunch of messages. When everybody's talking on here, it makes me happy. So, good job, guys. Good job. <laughs> I wonder how many people actually know my humor. <laughs> my humor my humor is different, I've found. You know why? Because when I make jokes, people don't laugh. 
Marky, why are you laughing? <laughs> she laughed at that. See, when I pick on myself, people laugh. That's the way it works. But anyway, all right, glory to God. Let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 20. 1 Samuel chapter 20. Thank you, Kevin. He gave me, he gave me laughs. Thank you, Kevin. You're the only one I saw. Kevin, that was the penguins, um, the VeggieTale penguins. Yeah, what were they called? I forget. Nicole could name it. Kevin. Yep. All right. First Samuel chapter twenty. Where did we leave off? We left off with uh, David starting his wilderness and running uh, from Saul. Verse twenty. Then uh, remember the other thing that happened was. Uh, what had happened was, <laughs> see, that trips, three, two, one, penguins, Nicole said. See, I'm laughing at myself, and nobody else in the room was laughing. That's, that's the way it goes. I have my own humor, and you have to catch up to it, or you may have to backtrack to it. I'm not sure which one it is. Thank you, Priscilla. <laughs> she laughs at that. Uh, glory to God. Thank you, Kevin, for the laughs. Maybe you have my humor, but anyway. So one of the things that happened, what had happened was, uh, we, and this is awesome, is that David... What did he do? He's in trouble. He went to the man of God. <laughs> wow. Revelation. <laughs> Light bulb. You're in trouble. Go to the person carrying an anointing. Crazy talk. Wow. How would that ever? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, by the way. That's a good idea. If you're ever in trouble, hey, did you know that you can go to the anointed man of God even when you're not in trouble? Did you know that? Is this revelation? <laughs> Do you poop out at parties? <laughs> My wife will like that one. Oh, man. And now all of that, all of that... Uh, aftershave that made my face burn. Now I can feel it coming out as well. That's <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> well played, Stephen, well played. Uh, Stephen put the sunshine up. That's a uh, joke between he and I. I actually had it planned to get you well, and the message was missed. I had you set up, but then it failed miserably. So anyway, we love you and uh, praise God for you. And so here was David who was in trouble. And so what does he do? He goes to the man of God carrying an anointing, goes to Samuel. They're having prayer. All of a sudden, he's sitting there. He's with David's with the prophets. He's with the prophet Samuel and all the prophets. Uh, Saul sends his group of quote-unquote messengers uh, to grab David and bring him back and probably kill him, and uh, they were going to deliver the message. And so then he sends them, and what happens to the group of messengers? The Holy Ghost hits them. They start prophesying, right? And then Saul sends a second group of messengers. All right, fine, you guys go. They, oh, they come into the place. What happens to them? The Holy Ghost hits them. God protects his people. God protects his people. We are kept from the evil one. 
And we need to know that. We need to apply faith towards his protection and uh, towards him being the savior from every trap, from every weapon. We must apply faith towards that. God protects uh, us. And uh, just put that in the comments right now. Just say, God protects me. God protects me. God protects me. And he does. God is a protector. God is a deliverer. God is a savior. That's his character. That's his nature. But we must apply faith toward it. So Saul uh, sends a third group of messengers. And what happens? The hand of the Lord comes on them. They start prophesying. So now three groups of messengers sent from King Saul to grab David. And what happens to them? Uh, God arrests all of them. They all start prophesying and the good things of God. Then Saul says, King Saul basically says, well, if you got to handle something, I'll do it myself. So he goes out there and Saul comes in and, and what happens? He starts prophesying. And now, and what we talked about yesterday was this was the mercy of God pointed towards King Saul. Because the day that he was called and anointed to be king, it, he went to the prophets and he started prophesying. And they said, is Saul now a prophet? Well, then here it is. He, Saul's got the wrong thinking. He's being vicious in his thinking. He's trying to kill David. And all of a sudden he goes to kill David and he starts prophesying again. What was that? Do you think that's just coincidence that the day that he was called and anointed within 24 hours, he's, he was said, is Saul now among the prophets? Do you think that when he's hit this, this uh, hole, he's hit this low place, this wrong, deceived thinking in his life, and all of a sudden he starts prophesying again when he came around the prophets, and the people say the same thing, is Saul among the prophets? you think that was coincidence? No, that's the mercy of God. That's the mercy of the Lord trying to connect the Saul and say, Saul, wake up, buddy. Get out of your slumber. Wake up. You're at the wrong place doing the wrong thing. You, you're trying to kill the man that is a blessing to you. Stop doing that. He's trying to be merciful on Saul. Saul is so merciful. He is so merciful. Excuse me, Saul. God is so merciful to Saul. God is so merciful to us. Put it in the comments. Put, God is merciful to me. Receive that. See, we need to put our faith on that and receive that. Uh, not too long ago, I was praying uh, with somebody, and uh, we were praying just that we would move through a place and grow to another place. And I recognized in the heart of, of, of this person that when they asked for forgiveness, it's like nothing really changed in their heart. And what I needed to remind them was, look, when you go to the place, be faithful that God is faithful and merciful. He's taken that sin you confess. He says in 1 John, if you, if you confess your sins, and we're doing this from a, a heart place, he said, he is faithful and just to forgive you of all unrighteousness. He's faithful. He will forgive you. God is a merciful God, and we need to apply faith to his mercy. Praise God, he's merciful. Lord, we receive your mercy. We receive your forgiveness. Why? Why does he want us to receive it? Well, one, he doesn't want us to be in that place without receiving it, but also by receiving his mercy and his grace, it allows us to do the things he's called us to do. Praise God. All right, so now, uh, chapter 20, verse 1, David fled from Naoth, 
in Ramah and came and said to Jonathan, What have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he is seeking my life? So one of the things that we see here is that David is now inquiring. Now, you could look at it and say, well, he's just fussing at John, Jonathan going, God, what have I done? What have I done? Or you could also say he's asking Jonathan, you know, let me judge myself. Have I missed it somewhere? And I think that it's obvious throughout the counsel of the word that a leader needs to take an accurate assessment of his life. He must judge himself. He must allow the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to shine on his life and make an accurate judgment. Uh, many times when I'm helping to counsel people, what I'll say is, not what would you tell me, because we really do as a people in this society uh, live by basically uh, our intentions. You know, God's not judging us on our intentions or what we think our intentions are. God's judging us by our fruit. So when we're looking for an accurate assessment of our life, we must go to biblical fruit and see how does this line up with what God's told me to do. Many people, honestly, many people in our society has, have no clue what the Bible has given us as fruit. And so they're just out there thinking that they're doing godly things, not knowing that they're actually, actually transgressing what God has for them day in and day out, thinking that they're doing the right thing. And how dangerous is that when you're doing the wrong thing, thinking that it's the right thing? So how do you escape that pattern? Well, you look at the fruit. What is the fruit of what I'm actually called to do according to the word of God? This is my truth. This will set me free. Where is it in the truth that shows me what the fruit of God is? What is actually going on versus what I think is going on? Here's another good question to help uh, point that out. Lord, what would people say about me if they were asked the same question? How would people answer this? Would people say, uh, oh yeah, he's a great guy. They're a great person. You know, or would they say, yeah, he's got a good heart, but. All right, what follows that? What comes after the but? What comes after that, that place? What would other people say about you? Well, I like them and, and they're anointed and everything, but. That's the part that we need to examine. That's the part that we need to look at. Uh, God will reward us for what's in front of that, but we need to judge ourselves and submit our flesh to what would be said after that. Well, they're a great person, but we need to make sure that we are judging ourselves and letting the light of the Word and the light of the Holy Ghost shine on us and show us what really is our fruit and what isn't our fruit. Because we, in our good intentions, we always see the fruit is coming. But the question is not just what fruit is coming. That's good. That's important. We should have goals and dreams and faith for the manifestation of things, things and fruit in our life. However, we're not to necessarily judge by our intentions in the future, but really judge what is our fruit of the past up till this minute. What has our fruit been? When's the last time we led somebody to the Lord? When's the last time our prayers were answered? When's the last time I told somebody about God's goodness? 
When's the last time that I was in complete forgiveness and something happened and I just let it fall off of me like it didn't even happen because the situation is not my source and source of joy and happiness. God is my source, my provision, and my joy and happiness. In other words, if I got upset at a situation, many times it's not because necessarily the situation's wrong. It's because uh, my source was challenged. And my source was physical or in the world and not supernatural. So if you look at this, uh, for example, in this time with the Rona and coronavirus, what did people honestly go to? What were they actually looking at as their source? They were looking at all their logic, uh, and you could tell very quickly. How, how quickly did people move into fear? What does that tell us? That if you move into fear, God's not in fear. So what was your source? The source was all of our logic and all of our physical answers, worldly philosophy, worldly answers, but not God. Because God, there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear. And so when we're in God, fear doesn't have a place. But when you look at society, when you look at society, it was straight up fear everywhere and a, and a bunch of people who did not know about their redemption from the curse. They did not know the protection of God. They went straight to fear. You know, gracious, I don't, I even, um, we were recording the other day on the sidewalk downtown uh, for the National Day of Prayer. And you could see in the faces of people driving by. So this is a month and a half later. There's hardly any cases in our county whatsoever. A month and a half later, and people, there was a couple of people sitting in the car. They had their face mask on, you know, a week ago, a week, week and a half ago. And they were looking at us like, how dare you go outside? I'm like, there's nothing going on. There's nothing. How dare you, you know, think about, come, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, where are you going? What are you doing in your car, you know? What makes what you're doing so important versus what we're doing? We're actually bringing hope to the county. And so people many times what they do is they judge from their position instead of looking on their position. And as leaders, we must judge ourselves the way that God would see us. And our comparison is not uh, standing another man next to me unless that man is Jesus Christ. It's not, I'm not supposed to say, well, I'm doing better than that guy. That's what, the, that's what Jesus gave us a story of that said he's doing the wrong thing. Praise God, I'm not like this guy. You know, praise God, I'm not like this guy next to me. Praise you, Lord, that you, no, Lord, help me to be like Jesus. Where am I not like Jesus? Now, you know, if I'm doing it right, it's because you helped me. Where in my life am I not measuring up to the fullness of the stature of Christ like it says in Ephesians 4? Please show me. And this is what our heart needs to be, and specifically leaders need to be all the time. If you're going to make disciples, you must have this approach. Because how are you going to make somebody that's disciplined after Christ if you're not disciplined after Christ? And how can you be disciplined after Christ if you never want to see the gap between you and him? How can you be disciplined and be discipled, say that I'm a disciple after Christ, if I never want to be more like him? And how will you be more like him if you don't allow him to show you the gaps? Man. 
that element right there, if you just let that sit and meditate on it, it will change your life forever. Get a hold of it. Make it yours. This is an issue that I've seen in the church for years. I've seen it uh, in my own life when I wasn't paying attention to it as strongly. It's one of those things where we have to, we have to go after the Lord and see those things. Now, one thing that I would say is this. One thing that I, that I would say is when you start paying attention to what God calls normal, everything changes. This is a question that the Lord started asking me. I didn't fully know where he was going with it. But he, he said this to me. He said, what do I call normal? And I went, ooh, um, that's a good question. And I could throw out some answers real quick, but I knew he was going deeper than what I had on the surface. That's why he's asking me. And I said, Lord, and just put it in the comments right now. What does God call normal? Question mark, if you're using text to talk. What does God call normal? Ask yourself this question. What does God call normal? Because the answer to this from the Bible changes everything in how we approach God and how we approach life. What does God call normal? Here's why. Are you called to live the world's normal or even the world's great? Or are you called to live God's normal? Am I called to live like the greatest men of God on the earth? What men, mankind, even spiritual men and women would call great? No, I'm not called to do that. What they do may be right, but that's not ultimately the answer. That leaves room for error. But what I am called to is what God calls normal. And what we'll find is mankind's great, even in the church, pales in comparison to what God calls normal that we can do. What God calls normal, when you start meditating on that, here's what happens. You start reaching a point that says, Lord, there's something more out there. You start to realize, here, here's what happens. Here's God's normal. Let me make sure you can see it on the screen. Here's God's normal. Here's where we've been. The first thing you'll recognize is there's room to grow. The next thing that you'll recognize is before this, you start to realize you think that where you're at right now is really high from where you've been. But what you'll find out is actually where we started is not that far that we've traveled. In other words, there's so much more in God than what we've thought. How does he say this in Ephesians uh, 3? He says, beyond all we can ask or think, he'll do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, above all that we can imagine or ask, above all, there's so much more to God. Why? Because he's given us himself. Do we know how big God is? If you start to see how big God really is, then your normal will change. Your thinking will change. And then when you realize he's granted you every believer, and if you're not a believer, you can have this today. He's granted you all of himself, the fullness of him who fills all in all. When you start to realize this, all of a sudden you'll say, what have I been doing? 
And now you'll challenge, and watch this, you'll start to get hungry for the higher things of God. You'll realize that where I've, what I've called great in the past is just scratching the surface of the depth of what God has for us. What does God call normal? What does God call normal? What does God call normal? He says you'll do these things and greater. Greater than Jesus? Do these things and greater. He says your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That means earth is supposed to look like heaven. That's what we're called to manifest in the earth. Heaven on earth. The glory of the Lord. You you look in the garden before the curse. Adam and Eve covered with the glory of God. In the New Testament, we get a little insight into it where it says, we move from glory to glory to glory. What does God call normal? See, this all goes back to David judging himself and making sure that he took an honest assessment of his life. If we don't take an honest assessment of where we're at compared to where God has said we can be, we'll never hit what we could, and essentially we took what God gave us and we buried it. Well, we don't want that. We want to get to heaven and we want to say, we want to hear these words out of Jesus. Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. But in order to hear, well done, good and faithful servant, we have to recognize where we're at now so that we can grow to the places that God's called us to. In our leadership training, we have a statement. Growth without without change is impossible. Drop that in the comments. Growth without change is impossible. Growth without change is impossible. In other words, in order to change, in order to go to the places God's called me to, I must change. I must change. Well, a lot of people don't like change. There's three different kinds of people. The people who uh, despise change, the people who tolerate change, and the people who embrace change. We want to be the kind of people, because we're always seeking to grow in God, knowing that God's always given us provision to grow, then we ought to be the kind of people that embrace the changes of God. Embrace those changes. We must learn to be people that embrace change. But the truth is, in our society, we don't want to embrace change. We want things to stay the same. But we must become the people that learn. The people that I've seen during the corona that have done the best so far are ones who have embraced change. Not because they liked it, but hey, if we got to change, we're changing. And, and Lord, give me the wisdom to change. Think about this verse. I think about it a lot. The verse that says, to whom much is given, much is required. What if, watch this, what if, I just lost my place. What if we didn't know everything that was in here? What if we didn't know everything that was in here? And what if we actually hear something like this message today to shine a light on ourselves and let the Lord show us the difference between what we have called great and what God calls normal. What if we actually said, there's more than what I've been doing? There's more? 
What if, what if we actually went in here and we cracked it open? And we found promises. Everyone that God says, my promises are yes. And amen, yes, and so be it. What if we cracked this open and found that we were blessed already with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places? What if we, in other words, God's not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if we cracked it open and we found out he's already granted us Everything pertaining to life and godliness. What, what if we were sitting here and there was so much more? You see, the issue is we are in captivity and we fail because we don't know who we are in Christ. And we've not challenged the question of, all right, Lord, what I'm doing is here. What else is there? And because we can't see it, we don't hunger for it. We don't, we don't thirst for the things of God because we've not spent the time studying to show ourselves approved and see what he's actually promised us, that he wants to prosper us in abundance for every good work, that he wants to do beyond all, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. What if there's so much more but we haven't even, we were barely scratching the surface of it. It's, it's kind of like this. And when we were in Africa, uh, Pastor Tony Carpenter, man, good to see you. Love you so much. Uh, when we were in Africa, Evangelist Stephen and I were sitting there, and I was talking about this exact concept. And he got up. I said, Stephen, come share it with us. Describe the food in Italy and he started describing pizza in Italy and I'm telling you by the time he was done about five minutes later all of us were sitting there like good gracious give me a pizza I didn't know I could hunger for pizza like I really like pizza but I didn't know I could hunger for pizza like that because as he described it he opened up the goodness the ingredients, the freshness, the, the, all the, the elements of that pizza. The, he, he described it. What if, what if your thing is steak? And, and I started to describe a juicy, thick steak cooked perfectly, grilled. It comes to you and it's sizzling, sizzling right there in the pan, perfect been marinated, been, been given just the uh, right uh, uh, spices. And, and all of a sudden you start to see it. You start, what, what happens, what happens, even if you've never had one before, what happens when you crack it open and start to meditate on it? This is why the Lord asked me, what's normal to God? Because when he asked me that question, I started cracking open what is normal to God. And when I started cracking open what was normal to God, and I started seeing things like this, Jesus said, you'll do these and greater. He, I saw things like Daniel eleven thirty two. Those that know their God will do exploits. Yeah. 
Well, I've done some great things in my life. I've seen dead come back to life. I've, I've seen the power of God heal right on, right on the spot. I've seen all kinds of great things in my life. I've seen people be born again in mass. I've seen, I've seen some great things. And, and just, you know, when my children were born, this was a great thing. When I married my wife, a great thing. But I'm telling you, when I read that verse in Daniel 11:32, those that know their God, those that know their God, that have cracked open the fullness and the, the vastness of who he is. They've cracked that open. They know their God. They will do exploits. I, I can say I've done some great things and some good things, and I've had some great moments while I've had this time on the earth. But when I hear the word exploits, like, I just know there's more of those. I might have seen one or two, but I, I really feel like I haven't even got started yet. And now I'm hungering for those things. Now I'm thirsting for those things simply because God asked me the question, what is normal to God? When I go back into the garden, when I go back into the garden and I see Adam and Eve and they, there was no toil there was no toil whatsoever before sin, before the curse. When I go back into the garden and you can see that they didn't even know that they were naked physically because they were covered with the blessing of God. And that the reason they were uncovered was the curse. And we in Christ are redeemed from the curse. Lord, let that glory be in us. They didn't have Jesus after that garden, but we do. You see Enoch walking and talking with God. It was such a real relationship with the majesty of who God is that Enoch, without Jesus, under the curse, walked and talked with God. Where is that with people that do have Jesus? Where are those relationships that's so powerful? And now you can see how Daniel would say, those that know their God will do exploits. When you look at verses like 2 Chronicles 69, the eyes of the Lord uh, look to and fro across the whole earth, looking, he's longing, he's looking for anybody whose heart is pure and mature towards him, that he might show himself strong. That God might, not, not that I might be strong by myself in my own. No, that God might show himself strong on my behalf. I, I'm, you know, just forgive me if I'm missing this, but if God starts showing himself strong through believers, don't you think that's going to make a mark? <laughs> don't you think that's going to leave a testimony intact somewhere don't you think we're going to start hearing about stuff like that I mean over here the dead rose again over here miracles in mass over here the glory of God pushed back the swarms of locusts in Africa right uh, over here this whole region no corona completely blocked wiped out the sin sickness and disease these are, these are things I can imagine the hand of the Lord doing. A, a violent, a sinful, ungodly army being wiped out 
you know, in, in the Old Testament, without Jesus, they simply put their praisers in front by the voice of the Lord, by the word of God. They simply were obedient, and God wipes out 180,000 of them one night. One angel. One angel can do that? What can my God do through us whose heart is pure towards him that he wants to do exploits through? What is God's normal? Moses. So anointed. You you realize Moses went up on top of the mountain and talked with God, received the Ten Commandments. He was under the curse and he didn't have Jesus. Under the curse and didn't have Jesus. What are we doing with Christ? See, these are things that we need to open up and allow God to judge us and look at us and say, Lord, what's your normal? Show it. I need to see, because watch this. Haven't we had this book all of our lives? Everybody that's watching this life, haven't we had this book, this truth, this powerful manifestation of the heart and the will of God in this Bible? Haven't we had this all of our lives? And yet everything I've just mentioned is just scratching the surface of what is God, God's normal. And yet many people have never heard these questions asked. Now, they've heard it here at Boomerang, but, but many people have not heard these questions. What is God's normal? What's in here? Now, watch this. I've had this my whole life. To whom much is given, much is required. See, I have a requirement to live God's normal that he's laid out. What about with Joshua? Every place. Soul of your foot lands. I'll give it to you. Where are the people believing like this? Lord, you're giving me this place. You're doing these things. I'm taking this ground for you. I'm taking this city for you. He says, ask and I'll give you the nation. Ask and I'll give you the nations. He'll certainly give us the city. He'll certainly give us the county and the state. He says, ask. Lord, Lord, here's, here's the thing. This has been here the whole time. Have we been handling it correctly or have we just been going through an average life, checking the box, comparing ourselves to one another? We're not called to compare ourselves to one another. Ephesians 4 says so clearly that our job is to grow up to the fullness of the stature of Christ and do the great and mighty things of God. I, we've been given in Jesus so much. But many don't even know, don't even have a clue what God's normal is. It's time for us to hunger for God like we've never hungered before. To wake up to the reality of what we're called to. To wake up to these things. Wake up to the things of God. Wake up to the fact that healing is God's God's will for people. Just like Amber just put a prayer request. Amber, we'll pray in just a second for you. And the power of God will visit you. You just get ready to receive it. Lord, when they pray, say it right now, Amber. When they pray, I receive your love into my body. I receive your healing touch. You know, where are these realities in the church? We've got to start seeing them. God's calling us to step up to another level. But hear this, we will not step up if we won't crack the book and crack open our past thinking and embrace change.
David, you see it in him. He let the light of God shine on him and show him when he was right and when he was wrong. A good leader has to judge himself appropriately. Otherwise, they'll get stagnant very quick. In a corrupted world with a corrupted flesh, if we're not driving forward an increase of God and believing him for greater and better things, which means I've got to let him fix the pieces inside of me that I allowed to get broken. I've got to let him show me what to get fixed and then take steps to fix it. I've got to change my thinking. I've got to change these things. See, this is a responsibility of every believer because every single one of us has been given great and mighty things. You know, many people look at Todd White today and they look at him and they just revere him uh, as being special. And he is special. But you know what? He wasn't special when he started. All he did was say, Lord, you did so much for me. Let me go share it. That was it. A heart given to God. Let me go share it. And when he went and applied the love that he had received, I've been given so much love by you. Let, I know you're requiring me to overflow that life, overflow that love, overflow the power of God into the lives of people. I know that you're doing that. Lord, let me do it. And all of a sudden, on the street, he turned from somebody that nobody knew into somebody now that, that is uh, given so much uh, attention and he gives that glory to God, gives that glory to Jesus. But he didn't start as a pastor or an apostle, prophet, evangelist. No, he just went and said, Lord, you've done so much for me. How can I not? How can I not share it with other people? Lord, let me be your light everywhere I go. There's a normal of God that's awaiting us. There's a normal of God. Great and mighty things, exploits, powerful, powerful, supernatural things waiting for every believer. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on me. Will we be the people that will do exploits? Will you be the person who will do exploits no matter what anybody else around you does, no matter what everybody else around you does, will you be that person? Will you be that person? If that's you, put it in the comments. I'll be that person. I'll be that person. Lord, help me be that person. You've given me much. How can I not give it back to you? You've given me talents, gifts, abilities. How can I not give it back to you? How can I not give it back to you? I must, must, must be that person. I must be that person that you're able to use for every good work, Lord, like 2 Timothy 2, 20 through 22. I must be that person that is ready to do your good work. But it, here's the key. Here's the key to it. We study to show ourselves approved. We let God shine the light on us, draw strength from him to fix it, and then we walk in what he tells us to do. We have to be obedient and walk in righteousness and holiness, and we'll be anointed. Lord, I'll be who you call me to be. I'm not going to play games with myself like I'm, like I'm 
there, like I have arrived. Lord, show me what to fix and I'll fix it. I've found that a better approach, listen, in Christ you are made the righteousness of God in Christ. But that doesn't mean that your flesh is renewed and that doesn't mean that your mind is automatically renewed. That's where the issues are. Your flesh always wants to be a sinful flesh and your mind has not thought like God. So we've got to give ourselves to it. You, you, the spirit man, the inner man, it is completely made whole. Completely new creation with the spiritual DNA of Jesus himself. It is an amazing recreation, not just recreation, a new creation. An amazing creation by God. It's, it's, that's where it is the moment you're born again. And so you have within you the capacity, God-like capacity through Jesus Christ as soon as you're born again. You don't have to be 50 years in Jesus before you do exploits. No, you can be seconds in Jesus before you do exploits. But the issue that gets in people's way is their mind and their flesh. They listen to the flesh and they do the deeds of the flesh instead of the spirit. And they, they act like everything that they've been doing has been pretty good. But when you start to focus on what is God's normal way up there, and you realize that you were created to do those things, then you start to see, well, I've got some room to grow. I haven't arrived. And it would do a lot of people good, including myself. Stop thinking that we're doing it good. Because when you compare it to who God is, we're just scratching the surface. And it's time for us to stop scratching the surface. It's time for us to do the great and mighty things of God. It's time for us to move forward into those things. Praise God. Father, we will be those people. Now, I don't know who's watching the broadcast today, but I can sense the Lord drawing you up to a faith for sure. And some of you that may be watching, maybe while it's live, maybe in the archive, some of you that may be watching may be saying, Lord, I'm not sure I know you like what he's talking about, but I want to. And if that's it, all you have to do is make a decision today. And Amber, I want you to decide this as well right now as we pray. I know that you've prayed before, Amber. But listen, when you receive Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, he's not just Lord of, of my thoughts and my thinking. He's also Lord of your body. In other words, let the lordship and the rulership of Jesus enter this flesh. And flesh, you line up with what Jesus wants. Be healed. By his stripes, we have already been healed. Lord, I receive your lordship. I receive that healing in my body. So right now, just pray this with me. Pray it out loud wherever you're at. Father, in the name of Jesus, today, I make Jesus the Lord of my life. He calls the shots and I'll be obedient. I believe that he died for my sin. He died in his love for me. And I give my sins away. I cast them away from me. I will not operate in them again. Today is a new day. Jesus, you're the Lord of my life. I believe you took my sins and paid the price for them on the cross and you buried them in the grave. And I believe 
I believe that God's power, love, and His compassion raised you up from the dead, Jesus. And when He raised you up, He did not leave me in that place of death. But He raised me to life with Jesus, and I am with Him in authority in heavenly places. I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. He saves me from everything I need saving from. He saves me from sickness and disease. So I receive healing in my body in full now. He saves me from lack and poverty. So I receive provision in my life in every place, financial and otherwise. Every place of lack be made full through my Savior who saves me from lack. He saves me from destruction and bondage. And I'm delivered. I am protected. I am restored in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. And Jesus, right now, I ask you, baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire to be who you've called me to be. Let me be emboldened and empowered to be your witness everywhere I go. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, right now, I just pray over everybody who's watching. Lord, let that prayer that we just prayed, let it be made manifest now. In Amber's body, she asked for prayer earlier. Right now, healing power of God and anointing come down and manifest from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Body, be well now. In Jesus' name. Anybody who needs healing. If you have the ability, just lift your hands right there and receive. Just say it. Jesus, I receive healing in my body right now in Jesus' name. If you need provision, say, Jesus, I receive provision right now. If you need a job, Lord, I receive a job right now, your job in Jesus' name. Lord, just, Lord I receive my finances to pay bills. Right now, in Jesus' name. Lord, I receive wisdom. Wisdom be for everybody that's watching. Grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to every person that's hearing this in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, I ask for everybody here, you ask with me. Jesus, I ask that you give us a revelation starting right now of what you call normal of what we're called to walk in. Let our eyes of understanding be open. Let us see so clearly what is your will and what isn't your will. And Lord, strengthen us with all your might to step into it and be who you've called us to be. We praise you, we thank you, we love you, and we give you all of the glory in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. We love you. Amen. Hallelujah. If you receive that, just write it in the comments. I receive. Father, I receive all of that today. I receive healing. I receive provision. I receive deliverance, restoration, protection. I receive it all right now in Jesus' name. I receive it. 
I'm the healed of the Lord. I'm well provided for. Glory to God. I receive it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Amen. You're welcome, Amber. Glory to God. It wouldn't surprise me, Amber, if while we were even praying, you felt the peace of God come in and own you. Uh, I believe and uh, that you probably felt that and sensed that in your life. That wouldn't surprise me a bit because the anointing can touch you where you're watching from. And praise God. Hallelujah. Lord, we walk in it. We won't make excuses for not walking in it. We walk in your things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Well, you know, these broadcasts, we have them every day at noon, every weekday at noon, and um, they are always uh, free to you. Please uh, help us and help the people that you know by sharing it. Like it, subscribe to us, share it. There's people that need to hear messages like this, and uh, they're not hearing them everywhere, but they need to hear these messages. So uh, help us and others by sharing it. If you haven't shared it now, now look, don't share it two or three times. That actually can do uh, damage. Just share it once. That's it. Just share each broadcast once. And uh, it's a great thing for people to do. They need to hear a message like today. It will change their life. And uh, praise God. The, the broadcast is free. You're welcome to sow. You're welcome to give into the preaching of the good news of Christ. Uh, you can do that in Facebook by typing in hashtag donate. Or anybody can go to givebc.org. Uh, whether you're on uh, Facebook, YouTube, wherever you're watching it, you're welcome to sow and to give. And uh, we just praise God for you. Thanks for taking part with us uh, to get that good news out there. Uh, we, the word has to be preached. But in order to preach it, you have to send it. We have to supply and provide for it. And uh, that's one of the things that God will even give us the seed to do that. And, uh, but that is another teaching. <laughs> Charla, good to see you down in Texas. Right. Is Charla in uh, Dallas? Interesting. Interesting. Something's happening in Dallas. I can sense it in my spirit. I've been getting it for weeks now. I don't know what he's exactly saying to do at this point, but I'm praying in the Holy Ghost over it. So hallelujah. Love y'all. Have a great, great day. And uh, we'll talk to you later. Is there anything else I'm forgetting? Thursday. We'll have the National Day of Prayer streaming, and then we'll come on at 1230 after that. We love you all so much. Have a great, great day. Thanks for being on with us, and uh, thank you for making a commitment to Christ for your life to never be the same, but not bury what you've been given, but seek after him, crack open his good news, find out who you are and what his normal is. Continue to seek after him. Lord, what is normal to you? Let you let yourself grow a hunger and a thirst for God's normal, and it'll change you forever. We love you. Have a great day. Thanks for committing to Christ and going after him and advancing the kingdom. He's so good. He's so worth it. And thank you for making those commitments today. Amen. Bye-bye. Love you.